What is up, guys? Welcome to Creeps in the Crypt. This is Eric, and I am joined by... Christian. And Sam. Oh. Uh, what were you saying just a minute ago before uh, we started recording? I hope I get possessed by a Ouija board demon and it jams my dick down your throat. Oh, fuck me up, fam. <laughs> but anyway, um, I digress. So disgusted. I digress. We're here for Ouija board tonight. It's our hundredth episode. And I barely made it. Yeah, we are uh, dealing with a bout of the crud, all three of us, that I may or may not have infected everyone with. You you brought this. I'm pretty sure it was you. It was you. Mm. Well, just so you guys know, You're it's going to last you about hacking. a week. Great. Fuck you, Eric. Mm. I'm still fighting it. Tomorrow will be a week and I'm feeling better. I'm going to be sick like this for another week. Are you yeah, joking? She was, Christian was the last one to come down with it. She came down with it yesterday. I got it on Sunday. Well, I had a horrific fever. I couldn't even move. Well, I didn't have that. So I you did. might not have got you, that from me. Were you stuffed up? I just had a cold, I guys. I uh, that now. But Sunday, well, Saturday night, I had a I was uncomfortable. I felt, I felt like I got hit by a freaking Mack truck. That was me. Oh, y'all got something different. I just had a cold, man. And the night before, I felt like I got hit by a truck. My head felt like it was about to explode. Yes. The next morning, same thing. Yep. Yeah. Hey, you were are, complaining about a headache yesterday. I was like, I didn't have any of that. Oh, dude, it was massively awful. I had somebody ask me something, and I was like, all I'm seeing right now is your mouth moving, and I hear Charlie Brown noises. Um, Your mumbling. Four ibuprofen did not even, like, touch it. It was like a squirt gun on a house fire. Yep. Four ibuprofens. Y'all got something different. Bullshit. You gave it to us. I'm going with that, and I'm sticking to it. Okay. Well, anyway, thank you guys for joining us for our illustrious... uh, Shut up, Christian. I uh, if you would have spat that out, it, I I'm in the splash zone. Don't you fucking dare! I held it in. Thank you, Christian. I'm a skag like underwater. Like a professional. Like a professional. Our amazing milestone of not only our hundredth episode, but our two year anniversary of doing Creeps in the Crypt. It's been a creepy time. It's has it been two years it's already? Been two yeah, years. Dude. Our first episode was Cecil Hotel. Yep. Can you imagine where we've come from? Hold on. Reminisce for a second. It's a, did a little, the, the sparkly noise. Yeah. Exactly all what all I'm talking about. was the trash bats fly across the screen in, in my brain. <laughs> God, that show is an abortion. But. Abomination. I believe is what you meant. I mean, we aborted it. Don't you do that with abominations? Uh, sure. <laughs> this is going derailed. Anyway, uh, the co- we're all hopped up on cold meds, everybody. <laughs> Eric, are you? Aren't you proud you made it to episode one hundred? We haven't murdered you yet. Yeah, it's a it's a milestone. <laughs> we Step. can we can move the the uh, pin when you're next. Mm. I can't. It's been two years. It's been two years since we've been doing Didn't this. Didn't we just do the one year anniversary? That was, uh, what fucking episode was that? I can't even remember. What? The first first episode? No. I've, no. The, 
I feel like we just did our first anniversary episode. That was the last May. Yeah. Shit's flying by there when you were having fun. Let's see. What was the episode for our... I feel like I sent him to a wormhole. I definitely thought that... Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones was our uh, our one-year anniversary. Not a Not a bad one. No. Not a bad one at all. But we're coming correct tonight. I'm having a crisis right now. We've got friends that are going to join us uh, later yeah. on in the episode. Our friends from Shook. Um, we love I them. Pre- I had to pre-record that last night. So, so it's just going to be me and Amanda talking. And uh, Santa sent us uh, a snippet of her Ouija board story. I love it. Love so it. we got the best Ouija board stories that were sent in to us coming at the end of the episode. But let's talk about that little game called Ouija. Uh, Not only do you find that in the toy aisle of your local bookstore, along with Magic 8-Balls and tarot cards, just a whole plethora. fucking way. Yeah. Yeah, do you know what the year age on it is? Eight. On a Ouija board? Yeah. Yeah, you can summon the devil at eight, but you can't drink. Let that sink in. Yeah, you can get... There's a whole plethora of occult items at a toy store. Magic 8-Balls, tarot cards, Ouija boards, all sorts of fun shit. I know the tarot cards were in the kids section. Yeah, dude. I begged my mom for one. For a deck? My, my, no. Or a Ouija board? A Ouija board. She said no. My mama is not a fan of my tarot cards. <laughs> you the devil, Sam. You got the devil in you. I'm a ginger. It's fine. I don't have a soul. You mean, you know, it's you, not gonna find. You know me. the you know only would be really great if you had some chicken bones in a bowl just to freak her out. Yeah, just read the bones. You know the only like train it. that gingers can't ride. Soul train. The soul train. <laughs> you fucking Damn it, ruined it. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, what a bitch! All right. Um, <laughs> anyway, guys, without further ado, we're not gonna hold this up anymore. Because this is going to be a long episode. Sorry to go off on the derailed. So we wanted to have a little bit of fun chit-chatting at first. But, Sam, let's get into this. So, first off, I'm sick. We know that. Give me some grace. I sound like death. We're here for you guys. Because we could have delayed this a week. But we didn't. We're not. This is important. We all know what the uh, what a Ouija board, spirit board, talking board, they're all interchangeable. It's all basically the same thing. So we all know what that is. We see them in a lot of occulty decor. Home decor. That too. We have some uh, Ouija board home decor here. Yeah. In horror movies, etc. The letters A through Z, yes, no, hello, goodbye, numbers one through nine, the planchette. Some use it to communicate with past loved ones or whatever comes through because it's not your grandma, more than likely. There's a whole plethora of things it could be. Yeah. Other people use it for darker reasons. But what most, including myself... Did not know was the history behind the Ouija board and its origins. It's Which, actually really fucking fascinating. It I enjoyed. This was another one that I really enjoyed. And we'll have to do a whole episode on like the precursor to this. 
spiritualism. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So, according to Smithsonian Magazine, the Ouija board comes from spiritualism, which is the belief that the dead can communicate with the living, which I believe in that. This became popular in the U.S. back in the 19th century when the causes of shorter lifespans were things like childbirth, war, disease. I mean, all those are still pretty relevant today, but like, I mean, more... It was more common. Realistically, whenever there was mass death through war. So I know we mentioned it, the Civil War mm-hmm. later on in the notes, but also World War One was a massive one. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw the rise in the sale of Ouija boards during those events. Mm-hmm. Well, during World War One mainly. That's where it like really ramped up in sales. Yeah. Several people wanted to find a way to communicate with their loved ones who had passed on and essentially get closure get questions answered stuff like that find buried lost treasure yeah normal things get get the the lot of numbers yes whichever contacting the dead was viewed as socially acceptable back then and sometimes even quote wholesome in certain circles yeah because you're looking for closure you're trying to you know see if your dead loved ones on the other side yeah and you don't have to go listen to some asshole on a stage go, is there anybody in the crowd? Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing the, the name P. Paul. I have a brother named Paul. I, I don't know if you know that. what I'm referencing. Have you ever heard of John Edwards crossing over? No. no. Oh, my God. All so right. sheltered. He, South Park roasted him so hard, like, back in the day. He, like, it ruined him. Um, he hosted this massive, think like Joel Olstein, but for spiritualism. Oh God. And no people way. would I like, don't want to imagine that. back in the nineties, there was a shit ton of hucksters. I mean, you had your Miss Cleo's, your, yeah. your John Edwards, not the Senator, no relation to the Senator. But, um, basically these people would just prey upon, you know, people that, believed in this shit and they were you know they'd go to this crowd and be like yes i want i have a a family member that passed away and i want to speak to them and but there's a bunch of bloopers so check out john edwards bloopers on youtube fucking great that's hilarious yeah So in 1848, two sisters, Maggie and Kate Fox, claimed to get messages from the spirits through taps on their walls and Ashley Flowers did an episode on this with her short-lived podcast, Supernatural with Ashley Flowers. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a really cool story. We'll have to cover it in detail in an episode sometime. I I really want to. It's a really cool story that they have. We could do like a two or three part series on spiritualism. I'm fine with that. Yeah. So Maggie and Katie or Kate uh, toured around. I don't want to say the world. I don't think it was the world. I think it was just like their area. Um, and did live seances with their little like tap, tap, tappy friends and made their living this way. Their, their story sparked even more of a public interest in the practice of contacting the dead. By 1851, a Philadelphia newspaper reported that some 50 to 60 seance circles were operating in the city. 
and a Cincinnati newspaper estimated that over 1,200 mediums were gathering in town. In the aftermath of the Civil War, with so many husbands, fathers, and sons lost in the complex but bloody battles, spiritualism had only gained steam with people desperate for a connection to their departed loved ones and a greater meaning for their own lives. The Ouija board's older sister is called the Talking Board, and it was created back in the 1880s. Well, the main thing to remember is Ouija is just a brand. Right. It's not the... We'll get the, into that. Yeah. And we'll... Yeah. But that, that's the main thing to remember is Ouija is just the brand. It's the most popular brand, but there are other talking boards out there. Yeah, it's... A, it's and you can make your own. We're not going to tell them how. Coffin wood. You need the wood from a coffin. Where's my shovel? Oh my god. I'm going to go visit my friends. <laughs> I'm going to go play with my friends. Yeah, I'm going to borrow this for a little bit. I'll back. bring it back. Yeah, I'll bring it back eventually. It may be different. I don't know. So... This talking board had the same letters and numbers and a sort of planchette to point towards the desired letter or number. It's not exactly clear who was the first person to come up with the idea of the talking board. Well, there had been but, like concepts on it, like a few different devices, but somebody got the idea because the planchette was around for another thing. That had to do with spiritualism. I can't remember the name of it. I think it was like the psychograph or some shit. But they also used it for automatic writing. So there was a way to like put a pencil in it. Like the OG design. And you could do the same thing with it. But it would like write. So Ooh. yeah, there's a, there's a whole thing called automatic writing that, that these guys use too. So like the spirits would magically write letters. But really it's just somebody that is controlling it in my opinion mm, probably so the man that claims that he invented the ouija board is a man named charles Kennard. he's from baltimore maryland baltimore area and he didn't give a single shit about the spirit realm or contacting the dead or spiritualism or anything like that he saw a business opportunity and boy did he strike gold he collaborated with a Prussian immigrant and coffin maker slash undertaker by the name of E.C. Reich, who had an office next to Charles, and they started to make their own wooden boards. When it came... You know, what's funny about that is I'm sure there was some mediums that were hanging around the old coffin shop. Fucking, <laughs> like, trying to get... Yeah, he's like, uh, he, you're trying to talk to Nana? You want to talk? You want to talk to that? Give me fifty dollars, cause that—that's what a lot of these guys would do. Is they were scam artists. A lot For of these sure. mediums were fucking scam artists. Kind of like we were talking about with John Edwards earlier. That's that's kind of the tone you you see in the spiritualist movement. It's because they they would hit up people that were desperate for closure. Yeah. And then milk them for every fucking dime. Horrible. It sounds like a stripper. Uh, basically. But for the dead. It's a dead stripper. Well, no. You find those on the side of the road. Oh. 
there was one near my house. Not like when I was growing up. They found her shoved up underneath at a animatronic whale at a mini golf course. That sounds like the start of a Criminal Minds episode. It really does. Chastity was, was doing great in life until she was shoved Chastity. up underneath them like a whale. That she whale was a killer. <laughs> it was a killer whale. <laughs> she lit up any room she walked into. Oh no. She put a smile on everybody's face. Well, I all... don't want to light up a room I walk into and I don't want to put a smile on everybody's face. Therefore, I'm well, A stripper would put a smile on a lot of people's face. You know what I'm saying? But not everybody. Nope. Not everybody. So when it came time to start looking for investors for these wooden boards, Charles took all the credit for the creation. There's, yeah, kind of fucked over old E.C. Reich, dude. Yeah, there's little to no information on E.C. Reich and his involvement with the creation of the Ouija board, which, you know, tracks because Charles took all the credit, you know, like... Cut him out of the deal, basically. Yeah, they straight up. So, Charles had a hard time finding funding for the Ouija board until attorney Elijah Bond took an interest in it. Together, they formed Canard Novelty Company in 1980 with William H.A. Maupin, Colonel Washington Bowie, and John F. Green. Elijah's sister-in-law, Helen Peters, who says that she is a strong medium, helped name the board. But shocker, Charles and his colleagues would claim that they came up with the board name if they asked. And some people say the board named itself. What's crazy, though, is to get the patent. I don't know if you talk about the patent information. Yep. Okay, you do? Yep. All right. Well, I'll I'll shut the fuck up, then. Shut the fuck up, Eric. All right. Let me do my thing. I didn't read your notes. I'm sorry. I know. The term Ouija is an ancient Egyptian phrase meaning good luck. Supposedly, yeah, good luck getting there. Yeah, that's like those Chinese tattoos that people get, where it's like, yeah, as in like, good luck getting rid of the entity that you've invited into your home. Well, remember, like back in the early two thousands, people get those shitty Chinese like new like letter tattoos. Yeah, like, yeah, it means like strong, strong, and actually, and no, it means independent. Ramen. Yeah, it's like no, it means like tofu. Literally. Yeah. There's also talk that the word is a combination of the French oui and the German ja, which both mean yes. The Hel- yes, yes board? It, exactly. Uh, Helen claims that she wore a locket with a picture of a woman with the word Ouija over it. But I also read that there was a artist, I believe of some sort, whose name was Uda, O-U-D-A. And could have been her. I don't know. Um, and then, like you said, it supposedly named itself. But it was Helen that got the patent office to approve the Ouija board's application. How did she get them to approve it? Supposedly, allegedly, she got the board to spell out the patent officer's unknown name. Which, I don't, if you're working with the patent office, why you wouldn't know the representative's name that you're working with, whatever. 
Well, they had to prove that it worked. Yeah, so the board's patent file states that there was a demonstration done and the patent was issued on February 10th of 1891. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty cool that they, you know, went in there and, like, yeah, it works. Check this out. Don't tell me your name. Yeah. Woogity boogity. Was he wearing a name tag? Because if he's wearing a name tag, it doesn't work. The fun, there's a, one of my favorite moments at work is when people forget that they're wearing their name tags. And I'm like, oh, hey, Christian. And they're like, how do you know my name? Psychic. Oh, my God, I love it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, your name tag, my dude. Like, chill. I don't wear name tags. We, I do. I don't. Any job I've ever had, I'm like, I'm not wearing that shit. That's right. My name is Mud. <laughs> so, Elijah... Silly. The silliest. Elijah's employee, William Fold, was brought into the mix, and then the boards began to go to... I almost said print. They went to the factories to be mass-produced. And they quickly became a hit, and thus creating the demand for more... Ouija board factories. Guess just one can't keep up. This is where shit starts to get interesting to me. Because I read it and I was like, oh! Well, yeah, there's a whole bunch of drama and bullshit and kind of misfortune around the Ouija board. Yeah. Shocker. So, Charles and Elijah get the boot themselves. Yeah, that was a messy ordeal, too. Unceremoniously, just like... Out in the street. You're done. Yeah. Catch it later. From what I read, like, I couldn't pin down a real source on it. Uh-uh. But it, there was, like, there were some lawsuits and some other shit. So, yeah, those get uh, Charles and Elijah Elijah got got kicked the fuck off the, the project, basically. And William took over. The one that he worked for Elijah. Mm-hmm. So, William takes over. But William dies in 1927 from falling off the roof of a new factory, a factory that supposedly the Ouija board told him to build. But 40 years after his, but for 40 years after his death, the Ouija board game, whatever you want to call it, uh, outsold Monopoly. I mean, for 40 years. That just goes to show you, this country did not have super strong Christian values and the way that it does didn't like the 50s onward, basically. Uh, dare I say like the 60s and 70s onward. Yeah. So the Ouija board game was an instant hit as soon as it was put on the shelves in 1891 for a whopping dollar fifty, which is roughly about like what forty dollars in today's money. I don't know. I want to say it is. You can buy one for like twenty bucks. Twenty-five Amazon Prime. Boom. It might be, yeah. But I'm thinking of like a dollar fifty back then. They're also probably not as good a quality as they were back then either. Probably not. So. Oh, I don't, I don't know. 
Families and friends would gather around the board and place their fingers on the planchette and ask the board their questions. And they'd get that little rush when the planchette moves and gives them an answer from the other side. You know, their intentions are pure. Um, well, I guess some of them. Well, it's a parlor game. Yeah, it's... It's it's like doing Bloody Mary at a fucking sleepover. Yeah. So, you saw a lot of talk about the Ouija board in major newspapers more often throughout the Great Depression era, also. There's, like... Well, that was right, around, like right after World War One. Yeah. Writers such as Pearl Curran... And James Merrill began to use the board to spark some inspiration. Of course, there were those that considered the board to be a form of divination, which went against their beliefs. They considered it to be under the umbrella of witchcraft and was associated with, quote, ungodly deeds. Mm. Which brings us to Zozo. I don't even like saying the name out loud. We don't have a Ouija board, so... Well, basically, if you if you're playing with a Ouija board and you see any Z name come across, that's two syllable goodbye. Yeah, just automatically slam goodbye. Um, well, you have to wait for him to say goodbye. Well, he doesn't want to say goodbye. No, you 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 say goodbye. Like this session is over. Goodbye. I thought you have to wait for like no. All right, I want to end the session like because goodbye. it doesn't want you to say goodbye. You have you have to kick it out. It's like unwell. It's it's kicking out the invitation. It's receipt. It's rescinding your invitation. It's kind of like vampires, where they have to be invited in. It has to be invited in, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Well, I don't want it in here. Well, not here, but like, most, me, no. Most spirits or demons like that. It's like kind of like they have to be invited. It has to be an invitation. It's invitation only. Yeah. He is not on the list. They're respectful. So in like that aspect. Zozo, <laughs> in that aspect. In that uh, aspect. Zozo. And in some cases, Pazuzu. Mm. And then isn't like one zero one zero one zero one zero. Um that I'm not sure of. Mm. I haven't heard that one before. Or two zero, isn't that I don't know. There was it was something like that. Um He's otherwise known as the Ouija board demon. He is cruel, sadistic. He likes to prey on people's insecurities and fears. He often delights in telling them that they will die soon and is often brutally misogynistic. He loves to pretend that he is other spirits. He oftentimes pretends he is three different spirits at once. He can play on psychics, for an instance. If a psychic is adamant that there are only two ghosts in the building, Zozo will confuse them by claiming that there are nine ghosts instead. He will also add confusing scenarios by stating he is a little boy ghost and that he is afraid of a malevolent spirit haunting the place. Little is specifically known about him or his personality. However, he was rumored to have been the demon who possessed Roland Doe when the boy used a Ouija board, who we covered back. Damn, that was episode 30? That was episode 30. And he he con- he was playing with the Ouija board to contact the spirit of his dead aunt. Uh-huh. And got way more than he bargained for. But she was also into like witchcraft. Yeah, she too. was super into that shit. Yeah. 
But there's a plethora of other stories similar to Roland Doe's. Yeah. That we're getting ready to talk about right now. Let's take a look. So on March 6th, 1930, Clotilde Marchand was found dead at the foot of the stairs in her home in Buffalo, New York, where she lived with her sculptor husband and young son. It quickly became apparent that she hadn't fallen, but had been beaten to death. Suspicion initially fell on the husband, obviously, but it shifted quickly to a woman with whom he'd been having an affair with. Her name was Lila Jimerson. Hmm. We're going to... I don't know how to... We'll, that sounds we'll right. That. As it turned out, Lila had recruited an acquaintance, Nancy Bowen, to murder Clotilde. Her method of persuasion? A Ouija board. Yeah, Ouija board told me to do it. Lila manipulated the Ouija board to convince Nancy that Clotilde was a witch who was responsible for the death of Nancy's recently deceased husband and that she was next. Nancy, who couldn't even read, simply took Lila's word for it. She pled guilty to manslaughter once their motive was revealed. Lila also ultimately accepted a plea to manslaughter. On November 18, 1933, 15-year-old Maddie Turley and her father, Ernest, were trying to shoot a skunk on their property when Maddie shot Ernest twice in the back. Initially, Maddie claimed that she'd accidentally fired after she tripped and fallen. However, after her father died of his wounds, Maddie changed her story. While playing with a Ouija board with her mother, Dorothea, Maddie was, quote, ordered by the spirit world to kill Ernest so that Dorothea could marry a man who would, quote, make her happier. Yeah, basically, this dude was a cowboy that, um... Dorothea had a, a big-time crush on, right? And uh, when they were playing with the Ouija board, basically it told him, Daddy's got to die so Mommy can be happy. Well, Dorothea did not at all, but a jury found her guilty. Three years later, the Supreme Court of Arizona reversed the conviction on the grounds that the trial court had refused to allow evidence that Maddie, who spent her childhood in juvenile detention... And never spoke to her mother again. Was lying. Gary Gilmore shot two men to death in Utah in July of 1976. Then proceeded to demand his own execution for his crimes. It was later revealed by Gary's younger brother Michael in his book Shot in the Heart. That their mother Bessie believed she had conjured a demon spirit through a Ouija board when... She was just a child. Bessie believed that the demon spirit had attached itself to her entire family, including her future children. In the case of Gary, Bessie was certain the demon primed him for a life of anger and violence. Gary was executed in 1977, <coughs> and Michael's research for the book was conducted only afterward. So it can't be confirmed whether Gary himself believed a Ouija board had sealed his fate. What's fucking crazy about this story is what Gary said at his execution spurred the the marketing campaign for Nike of just do it. 
so, God. Before his execution, uh, Gary reportedly was asked any for any last words. His reply was, let's do it. It was a provocative statement from a disturbed figure. But the call to action of do it resonated with advertising executive Dan Wyden, who was looking for help, uh, looking to help Nike compete in the sports fashion world in the late 80s. He pitched the phrase, just do it to the company and executives weren't convinced it would be the golden ticket, but they trusted his gut and used the slogan in their ads. Wyden's instinct panned out well and the campaign helped launch Nike into the world of top athletic wear brands. Who's never wearing Nike again? I, don't, I already don't wear Nike. I'm an Adidas girl. But that's fucking that cool, though. Life. Is it cool, though? Eh. That Nike got their whole reason of existing from a man who murdered two people. From a Ouija board. Allegedly. Allegedly. I don't know. I just thought that was a fun fact. I got to do a fun fact this time. In 1983, 16-year-old Bunny Dixon told her 25-year-old boyfriend, Anthony Hall, that's fucking gross, and another young couple that the four of them had been instructed by a Ouija board to leave their home in Florida and join a carnival in Virginia and to get the money to fund the trip, they had to rob and murder a motorist which they did. After accosting and murdering 25-year-old Nockbandang. Yep, you got it. The two couples turned against each other, which led to their arrest. All four were tried and convicted of murder. In 1995, London teen Michael McCallum lured a younger boy, Michael Eridge, to his apartment to play with a Ouija board. When the Ouija board spelled out kill, Michael Eridge tried to flee, but Michael McCallum stabbed him to death. Allegedly. Because he believed that Satan had ordered him to do so. Michael McCallum ended up accepting a manslaughter plea and served his time in a mental hospital. Sounds like where he belongs. In 2001, 53-year-old Carol Sue Elvacker. This one's fucked up. Yeah, I'm not, I don't really like this one. Carol Sue is playing with a Ouija board with her daughter, Tammy, which is my mama's name, and Tammy's two daughters when the message, quote, came through that Tammy's husband, Brian, was evil and needed to be killed. Carol Sue got up and stabbed Brian in his sleep and then turned the knife on one of her granddaughters. As Brian bled to death, Carol Sue, Tammy, and the two granddaughters piled into a car, which Sue proceeded to run off the road. The ensuing car crash only caused minor injuries, but Carol Sue then attempted to push one of the granddaughters into traffic because she believed the girl had inherited Brian's evil. What's crazy is Carol Sue broke both her fucking ankles in that car accident. And was still, still walking. And was still able to try to push her granddaughter into traffic. That's not right. And then she ran off into the fucking woods. No. I don't like that. She was ultimately ruled insane. Rightfully so. 
and was committed to a psychiatric hospital, which is also where she belongs. In 2012, a teenage boy from Willas, West Laco, West Laco, Texas. But sounds good. I don't Sounded know. Good. They're gonna come for us in the evening. Yeah, I know. Listen, if they've made it this far, they know that if I. That's episode 100. You all, you all know about Sam by now. Yeah, but I mean, I'll give it a good go. I'll try. Yeah. She gets a star. Yeah, Pay for effort. Yeah. I mean, if you made it through the dinosaur episode. If you made it through the dinosaur episode, <laughs> then the partridge lake monster or whatever. Fuck that episode. I hate that episode. I was just be fucking with you most of it. I think you just like rolled like... scrabble letters and just like, that would make her say that I was like, Does that sound like a dinosaur? All right. Yeah, we'll just. I think you just put Saurus after every single thing. <laughs> Maybe. Dick bag. Anyway, this teenage boy from Texas stabbed his longtime friend in the abdomen. His the friend survived, albeit after a few harrowing days in intensive care. When asked why he did it, the teen said, "Quote: The Ouija board made me." At the time, Westlaco police spokesman J.P. Rodriguez said. Quote, he actually believed what the Ouija board advised him. The teen, whose name was not released, pled insanity, which is fair. I feel like the Ouija board is just on a all night long Coke bender. It's got like 4 a.m. Coke ideas where it's just like, yeah, yeah, man, go, go, go stab this person. It's giving chaotic energy. I'm okay with it. When Paul Carroll was trying to summon the dead in 2014, he believed an an evil spirit had entered the family dog. Paul killed the dog and dumped the body in an outside drain, resulting in a backup. When workers were brought in to address the issues, they discovered the dog's body. An investigation led back to Paul, who pled guilty. A week later, the Ouija board apparently told Paul's wife and stepdaughter that they were going to die. Concluding it was preordained, they attempted suicide by setting their house on fire. Both survived, but the charges were later, they were later arrested and convicted on arson charges. As you should be, you fucking psycho. The Ouija board told him, man. Like I said, 4 a.m. coke ideas. The big, devil made me do it. Big Coke energy. No. So now the public's view toward the Ouija board, I mean, like, despite all of those, didn't really see much change between then and now. Well, not now, now, but. But, like, I would say, like, what? Between, like, the 70s from its inception? Yeah. So from when it came out till about 1970. 1973, to be exact. And there's a few reasons for that. One but of them this being one's the my favorite. fucking Warrens. Ed and Lorraine That's Warren. That's not my favorite. This one's my favorite. We're not going to get there yet. In 1973, it changed. Because of my all-time favorite scary movie, The Exorcist. I fucking love that movie. It is a great film. I love that movie. 
So we all know the premise of this movie, right? Like, I we don't have to, we don't have to go through it. No, I mean, you know. If you haven't seen The Exorcist, pause this episode. Go, go watch, watch it. Go watch The Exorcist. And come back. And then come back. Tell me what you think about that crucifix masturbation scene. This look movie, on Sam's face right now. This movie came out at a very delicate time in American history. We just had the Manson family murders. We have the Zodiac. You had Samuel Little, Randy Kraft. There was a lot of panic going around. Well, remember, you also, you know, it was published in the newspaper that inspired John List to kill his fucking family. Yeah. They were so, talking about it in the newspapers. Yeah. And then Anton LaVey, who founded the Church of Satan in 1966. Satan, Satan, Satan. So a movie that shows a little girl be possessed by a demon after playing with the Ouija board was not the best move Hollywood could have made. But here we are, and I love that movie, and I am thankful for it. Thankful, well, grateful, mean, blessed. It was it was an adaptation of Roland Doe's story, though. Yeah. I love that movie so much. But The Exorcist isn't the first movie that showed the idea of a Ouija board as a gateway to possession. In 1944, a movie came out called The Uninvited. In this movie, a pair of siblings host a seance in order to find out the truth about a death in their home. It wasn't as scary as The Exorcist, so it doesn't matter. So after The Exorcist came out, the Ouija board became this evil tool that led to demonic possessions right on the precipice of satanic panic in the 80s. So we are just setting this thing up for... What should, what I think they wanted to be a failure. Mm -hmm. This shit clearly blew up in their face. Oh, yeah. Well, it made everybody want to want to play with one. Well, of course, I'm going to get there in a minute. So any game that even resembled anything like a Ouija board or the occult. I'm talking like Dungeons and Dragons, certain types of music. Well, yeah, the, uh, people would say you'd go insane if you played Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know. I've played I Dungeons and Dragons, dude. It's not fucking fun. I've never played it. I'd rather play a fucking video game. I, I do want to go. I would want to see that movie about Dungeons and Dragons. That's kind of. I bet you. That do. looks pretty cool. Bet you're gonna watch it with your fucking pants down around your ankles too, with old Chris Pine in it. I love Chris Pine. I mean Pine. <laughs> mm. Listen, that made it beautiful. Let's see him have her, you know, satanic panic in her pants. I gotta get it somehow, okay? Fair enough. So, all of this became evil. Ouija board, Dungeons and Dragons, rock and roll, all of it's evil. Maybe not rock and roll, but like, uh, I mean, sometimes rock and roll. Rock and roll was like the thing. I mean, shout at the devil. Yeah. Love it. Number of the beast by Iron Maiden. Love it. So, which is basically just the Dungeons and Dragons of metal, Iron Maiden. Oh, shut up! I don't know what that means. You um, don't know who Iron Maiden. I know is? Who Iron Maiden is. I just don't know what the Dungeons like, and Dragons listen, of music to, is. Have you ever listened to Iron Maiden? Like sat there and like listened to it, like to the words. No. Yeah. Oh. Uh, you 
Definitely should. On your way home. I mean, listen, I love Iron Maiden. Listen to, uh, what, oh, I'm trying to think of one. Not the Trooper. Flight no. of Icarus. Yes. Thank pa- you. Uh, Somewhere in Time. Yep. Power Slave. Yep. Ace is High. Bring your daughter Hallowed to be the slaughter. That, Hallowed Be the Name. Yep, that's a good one. I also any like of, the Trooper. Any of, any of those, huh? The Trooper is a personal favorite. I do like the Trooper, but if you're like going for the vibe that you're going for. We're so nerdy. I love it. So, none of this stuff was anything to be messed with. And what do kids do when they know they're not supposed to be messing with things? Bear. They fucking mess with the things. Oh, yeah. bear. So, obviously, now... Ouija boards and fucking rock and roll became the thing to do that kids played with. And they listened to behind their parents' backs. All I can Literally imagine, all they did. All I can imagine is like some middle-aged dad. He's like, I'm so tired of my son upstairs. He should be playing with himself, not on a damn Ouija board. Like, <laughs> losing his shit. I bet they wish they were doing that. I wish he would stop playing with that planchette in his penis. My mama. He's trying to stick his dick through the hole. Jesus. Oh my God. <laughs> Out of this world. No. Yes. I'm trying to see the spirits. <laughs> he just His dad walks in, the room's just covered in cum. It's like, oh, it's a spooky ghost. As like when Randy not, uh, was stole just, the internet in South Park. Oh my God. Is he mushroom stamping the yes part? Yeah. There's <laughs> jizz all over this, the Ouija board. Not the mushroom stamp. It, it's like sexting with the other side. Okay, Izzy. As long as it's all yeses and there's consent. Ooh, baby. <laughs> oh, they consent. need to add an oh, baby thing on the on the corner. I'm oh. sure you can get that at Spencer's. Yeah, like a, a, a sex wheezy board? Yes. No. We should sell those for the the Patreon or something. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Have I'm your not mom a carpenter, print those up for so us. What do you, where are you going to get your coffin wood from? you going to go send your wife out? No, to I'm just going to use particle board. <laughs> get the fuck, fuck out of here. We're going to use reclaimed wood. So now... I can't. Fuck this man. You do. <laughs> not right now. I I'm, I'm, you got me so fucked up right now about talking about particle board. Starting OnlyFans. <laughs> the Ouija board's new status as a symbol of evil did not have any kind of negative effect on it. It actually had the opposite. In 1986, a movie called The Witch Board came out. I've seen it. It's good. <laughs> I've never seen it. It's a, it's a movie. It's about two people, Linda and Jim, who become haunted by a ghost who wants a Ouija session with Jim's friend and Linda's ex, Brandon. Linda starts to act strange, and as per usual, people start to die. It's good. Uh, watch it. In fact, it was just featured on uh, The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs, who, shout out to Darcy the Mail Girl, shared our post about the Ouija board. Oh, yeah. yeah that was cool. So, that was was it's all coming together. Eric was fangirling so I was, hard. Uh, yeah, I was like, yeah. I know. I was in a freaking meeting. He's like, oh my God. Look I was, at this. I was running around like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. He called me like multiple times. 
I was at work. I had to tell somebody. I was I was like by myself and all excited and shit. He was a little like. <laughs> it was like hyperventilating for a second. So in the 1990s, Sorority House Massacre 2 introduces the Ouija board at a sleepover trend, which further proves that if you survive the 90s in any capacity, you can survive anything. This is what my parents let me not let me have sleepovers. They're like, no, you're not allowed. No. I was still allowed. I just lived in a Christian town. Oh. We didn't do that. Harry Potter was banned. You think we got a fucking Ouija board in the 90s? No. And now Harry Potter's banned for other reasons. See, like, you didn't grow up with a, you didn't grow up with a mom that lets you make potions out of her shampoo and shaving cream and fucking. I didn't use shaving cream, but I definitely mixed shampoos. (laughs) I definitely did. I still watch Sabrina. That was, that was okay. Interesting. I don't think she knew I watched Sabrina. Oh. Never mind. How could you not like Sabrina? It was on fucking ABC, which is a subsidiary of Disney. I love Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It was my shit. See, I wasn't allowed to watch stuff like that. That's probably I just like that smart-ass talking cat. That's why I named Salem Salem. Because him is a good boy. Actually, we have not seen our producer. Is he just, like, out on the show now? He's downstairs. Oh, he's, he's supervising from down yeah, there. Lucy, Lucy, he's sent Lucy up here. Uh-oh. She's over here. She's the clocker hours. Mm-hmm. He's like, you gotta do the time. You gotta pay your dues, little one. Pay your dues. She's like, I haven't caused a problem in a while. You guys should be so proud of me. Don't, don't tempt her. She should be employee of the month. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's almost the end of the month. Yeah. So the 2000s came out with What Lies Beneath. And it follows this girl, Claire, who's the main character, using a Ouija board to contact her missing slash potentially dead neighbor. And shit starts to go downhill. People no, die. Like, no spoilers. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil the movie. Then in 2007, the first installment of the Paranormal Activity franchise comes out. And... Uh, Dude, we saw that shit in theaters. It was wild. Okay. My friends, my seat, I think, was it my senior year? No. That had been your junior year because you're yeah. younger than us. I'd already gotten my license when I went to go see it. We were in college when we saw it. Yeah. Maybe you were a senior. Were we in college when we went to go see it? Yeah. I graduated in 2010. We graduated in 2008. So, yeah, we were in college when. Okay. 2007 when it came out? Hmm? Maybe I thought it came out maybe in 2007. Oh, okay. I thought it came out in 2010. No. <laughs> I don't know. This said 2007, so that's what no, I wrote. No, it was 2007. I don't know time be, anymore. We were getting ready to be... I'm an uh, adult. I work. I don't. I don't have a concept of time anymore. Me, I, I was like, hey, yeah, t- t- I'm trying to think. Right. Was it the summer of 2007? It definitely wasn't the summer because I was still school was still in session. Wait, no, because me. Well, I don't know. I don't remember. I now don't you're know. making me question. Either things. way, I know we anyway, went to a midnight showing of it. Mm-hmm. My friends are assholes because I didn't really watch a lot of TV back in high school. Oh no! So I had never even seen these previews. These fuckers. I had government econ first period. 
And so, like, my friends are like, oh, did you see the new previews for the new scary movie? And I was like, what? The little feelers go up, and I was like, scary movie? What? They're like, yeah, this couple has this, you know, they got, had a ghost problem or whatever they had on a house, so they set up cameras in their house, and then they went missing, and shit went wild, and their family compiled it all together, and uh, set it off to Sundance film, and then the big time movie people picked it up, and now it's in the theaters, and I was like, fuck yeah, we're watching that shit, let's go tonight. It's, it's just a respin on Blair Witch Project, but... And so I, I go in to the movie with the headspace. This shit's real. This is the real footage. A lot of people did. And I was fucking terrified at uh, the end of this damn movie. I drove home with my interior lights on. <laughs> I went home. I turned on every light I could on the way upstairs. Did I turn them off? Absolutely the fuck not. I slept with my light on. I slept with I think every... I called Eric at four in the morning and I was like, are you asleep? And he was like, no. Well, all right. So I was fine during the movie. The movie, nope. I laughed the fi- the when movie- the when the chicken foot demon walked oh, through the baby funny. powder, and I was like, "Get the fuck!" I said verbally in the theater. I was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Nope, I did. I didn't even like. No. What was really funny is the day after that, the hangers in my closet started moving. I would like, shit my pants. Well, so my mom had a Shih Tzu at the time, and normally he slept with my parents. But that night, after I got back from the movies, he was just walking around the house, and I could hear his, like, claws clicking on the tile floor. And uh, he, like, came and brushed up against my door a couple times, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to bed. Fuck that. So then when this, the next one came out, I was, I'm thinking it's the second one. Mm-hmm. I was in college and I was like well fuck I saw the first one and now I know it's fake these fuckers I see where I slept that night after where? seeing it where my roommate's floor because I was terrified to sleep by myself oh no <laughs> I don't know what those movies do to me I think it's, it's like a, not a form of PTSD maybe I don't Primal know fear maybe because that uh, I'm telling you, I was in the movie seat with the my jacket over my face, like oh my god, I'm I'm watching these people lot these people's lives shatter over this fucking thing. No, I was the terrified. first and the second one were, were good. After that, I was like, this is kind of shit. The I was like, the now they're trying to make it a plot. And I'm like, yeah, they should have just left it alone with the first one. Um, I can't remember which one it was. It was the fourth one. I never saw anything past two. Oh, uh, there was one of them that was pretty good. I think it's the fourth one, not the one with the blonde girl. The cool part was though was that when the Ouija board caught on fire. Uh huh. That was that was neat. Was it? Mm. It terrified me to my core. Because, like, I love paranormal shit, but I also respect it. And. Uh, As you should. Well, yeah, of course. But, like, terrified me to my core. Mm. No. I was convinced that Katie was going to come find me. She was going to come. And somehow the light was going to fucking stop her. I have no idea. Terrified. 
my heart rate rises just thinking about the state of mind I was in that night driving home. Dude. They pulled a good one. It, they let me think that for weeks. Weeks. And they're like, yeah, it wasn't real. I was like, fuck you guys. They did the same thing with Blair Witch, but I saw Blair Witch when I was... I like Blair Witch Project. Nine. And I should not have seen it when I was nine. I don't remember the first scary movie I saw. Unless you count Mission to Mars. It's scary. I would say... Um, fucking scared me. I mean, the first... Uh, uh, you know, I was obsessed with, like, funny, spooky movies like... Hocus Pocus, Beetlejuice, <sighs> Edward Scissor. Anything Tim Burton touched as a kid, I was like, yes. Give it to me. But uh, my dad would let me watch Tales of the Crypt with him when I was a kid, so... Love it. Anyway. That same year that Paranormal Activity came out, the board finally got its own movie. It's obviously called Ouija. And it portrays a group of kids who use the board and end up having to deal with an attachment and fucking murders happen and all that other shit. People die. Whatever. I love I love your your summary of the film. Well, I don't want to give anything away. People die in all of these. Spoiler alert. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you how they die. I don't know how they die. Maybe one day I want to watch it. I still want us to do like a horror movie focus episode. Mm -hmm. Maybe for Patreon or something. I'm down. Like once a month we'll three watch a horror movie then like talk about it on a podcast. You can watch me get the shit scared out of me. Unless we watch that one Conjuring movie, then Christian will fall asleep. <laughs> like, yeah. Listen, if I don't fall asleep, it means it's an interesting movie. That was a, that was probably the worst Conjuring movie. I could it just. I don't even remember what it was called. I would rather. The devil made me do it. I would rather have. The devil uh, made me snooze. Packs shoved under my fingernails than watch that movie again. It was pretty bad. Yep, the devil made me snooze it. That's what Christian's going to call it. <laughs> Is that the one we watched? Yes. Mm-hmm. That was for episode three. Well, I know we watched... I know we did that episode. Yeah. But... We watched it, and then I took a good long, hour-long power nap, and then you guys wake me up, and you're like, the movie's over. And I was like, what? How long was I asleep for? An hour? What? Mm-hmm. Huh. Anyway. That just shows how great that movie was. So there are people that still use the Ouija board today for their own spiritual work or to, you know, help guide others. Mediums and whatnot. Yeah. I won't ever touch one. Fuck that. No, thank you. Mm. I'm good on touching the Ouija boards. I was going to buy one for the episode. I would not have touched it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't let you bring it in the house. Honestly, no, I thought about it, and then I've only had one instance of messing with one, and it was positive. So I'll leave it at that. I I felt like it was positive. Sort of have one, but like not direct. Anyway, with that being said, it's time to get into. It's time to talk about the ones that we chose. Yep, the ones you guys sent in, and we selected. Yes. So, 
this one was submitted by Chris via our Facebook. And uh, he does want his name in it. Okay. So I gave him, I get everyone that contacted me, I was like, do you want your name in this? Or yep. you can so he says, quote, My name is Chris. My story is a long one. One night my friends decided they wanted to play with the Ouija board. I was all for it since I've been into Wicca for over 16 years. I have the most experience. I told my friends what all was needed, candles, salt, and their stones. So the next night we set up in the basement of my friend's house. I make a circle with salt to protect us once everyone steps inside and light candles to behind us. I have everyone in Everyone placed their stones in front of them for protection as well. As we begin to move the planchette in circles, opening the portal and asking if someone will come through, the planchette slowly moves. Everyone starts to freak. I tell them to remain calm and keep the tips of their fingers on it. I begin asking the questions they wanted, like, who are you? What's your name? Where are you from? It slowly moves to the initials KF. No one knew anyone with the initials KF. Don't fucking do that to me. What? I saw that. So, something happened. And you guys both looked at each other. Don't no, fuck was, no, Her initials are KF. Oh, they used to be. Yeah, they used to be. That's what that was. <laughs> Freaking Sam. I'm going to start with me. All I'm waiting for is Lou to like crawl up the blanket. And just, I will pee my pants. <laughs> Put her I little, will do it. Put her little cold, cold toe beads on your leg. Don't you fucking do it, Lucy. <laughs> anyway, no one knew anyone with the initials KF. Then my friend decided to make a joke and say we're talking to Colonel Sanders. I just put my head down in disappointment, saying this is no joke. Take it seriously. Then we saw the candle flames moving around and a light breeze came by. It was super cold and out went the candles. My friend Tina wanted to leave so fast, but I calmed her down and said, just breathe and relax. The others started to have a worried look on their faces. As we went on, I told them no more joking. As we asked the spirit in the room, we know you're here. We feel your presence. Can you move the planchette and say who you are? Then out of nowhere, a spider comes crawling into the salt. No. My friend Tina is scared of spiders. Her friend Don told her to close her eyes and concentrate and not look at it. Fuck you, Don. <laughs> <laughs> Period. We took a lighter to see if we could get it to move back, and it wasn't budging. It stayed right at the salt line. It wouldn't cross over. By now, friends were panicking. I assured them we were safe in the circle of salt, and they had the bright idea to go counterclockwise six times. I begged them not to, but they wouldn't listen. What significance does that have? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know enough about Ouija boards to to play either. with them. It doesn't sound like something good. It doesn't either. Because shit starts to go down. Oh, no. anything, like. that's, anything that's counterclockwise with a six doesn't sound good. All of the context clues are telling me this is a no. Yeah. So, as we do the counterclockwise with the planchette six times, a candle fell over, and a little voice spoke saying, I'm here. That would be the point when 
me and Sam would shit our pants. A hundred percent, yes. I would shit my pants over that. You could hear the voice plain as day, as if someone whispered right next to your ear. My friend Tina said she'd had enough and wanted to end it. As soon as she said that, a picture on the table moved slightly. My friends knew now that this is no joke. I took back control, closed the portal as we had opened to the other world. We thanked them for showing us their presence and said Hail Mary and Our Father. As I began to stand up and keep us in the circle, you could hear a little girl laughing. Whatever was there wasn't done. My friends were like, it's done, we're out. I kept them in the circle after saying a few more prayers, and then I saged the basement for them. As I was doing so, I could pick up a presence nearby in the closet. I opened the closet and saged it and said, you're not welcome here. Go back to where you came from. And in that instance, I smelled sulfur. The stench was unreal. My eyes were burning as I backed away and closed the closet. I got a few bottles of water to drink. I became dehydrated. My eyes were bloodshot red. My friend Don packed up everything and put it in the closet as well with the Ouija board and sealed off the closet. As weeks went by, I noticed all our friendships started to decline. Weeks turned into months. I didn't hear from any of my friends. I found out that Tina and Don separated and went their own ways. I haven't been in contact with them since that night. I found out through another friend. In the end, I lost a few good friends because of this, but if you ask me to play it again, I will sure be up for it. Okay, Chris. Holy shit. No. As soon as the spider wouldn't cross the salt line, nah, I'm out. Now nah, we good here, fam. Later. It wouldn't be the little girl saying I'm here. That wasn't even, that was, the spider was the first thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be you're out? That, out. Really? I don't like spiders. I don't do fucking spiders. I don't like spiders either, but I wouldn't be out. Dude, I worked at a store for my job that was infested with spiders. I was eating a bowl of chili one day and one fell from the ceiling on my hand and I just laughed. Mm -hmm. Dude, I got there one day and the whole left side of the building was covered in like black widow webs. I would be like. I, I called the exterminator and I was like, you gotta come fix this, dude. Nope. I would sit in my car. Until that exterminator got here. Eh. No. Didn't bother me any. I, I had to make money. I think it would be that I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. Well, yeah, that would do it too, but like spider not the, crossing the, the salt line. The sulfur thing, though, is the most damning for me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, fuck. I've, I've screwed up is the first thing I would think. I don't know. Fucked up, eh, Aaron? <laughs> yeah, no. So this one is from Jason Smith. So he actually won one of our uh, cold case decks. I was going to say the name sounded familiar. Yep. This is actually kind of a positive story. Oh, well, that's good. I like that yeah, to so, follow. Yeah. Chris's. It says, okay, so my story takes place in the early 1990s in California, which again stands to reason if you can survive if you survived the 90s in any capacity, you're good. You're exempt from everything else from now on. I was about 12 or 13, and me and my friends were big into the paranormal and occult type things. 
we do stuff like be outside in my front lawn and try to make the family dog try and levitate, light as a feather, stiff as a board type stuff. Well, me and a couple of my friends were at one of my friend's house playing video games, and he said he made a Ouija board and wanted to know if we wanted to play with it. Well, us being kids and totally into this stuff, we were totally up for it. My friend proceeds to get his Ouija board from his closet, and we sit in a circle around it. We do the usual thing, rest our two fingers on the cursor, and start asking questions. Well, not much is happening. Yeah, we get some movement out of it, but... We get random letters rather than some direct answers to our questions. I remember thinking to myself, I want to try something. And I stand up and step away from the board. I tell, tell my friends that I will ask questions and see what will happen. Is there someone here? I asked. And the cursor quickly moved to yes. My friends who were still sitting in a circle with their fingers on the cursor got a bit freaked out because of the speed it answered yes. Is this person someone I know? Quickly, again, it went to yes. We were all getting a little more freaked out, but we continued. The, per the only person I can think of at that time was my grandmother on my dad's side of the family. She recently passed away, and I felt bad because the last few times we visited her, she kept asking if me and my brother would like to stay a night or two with her. She had an illness she kept secret, so I think she knew she didn't have long left, but me and my brother never did spend that extra time with her before she passed. Is this my grandma? I then asked, and amazingly, the cursor once again went back to yes. My friends were freaking out a lot by this time, as they were Hispanic and always went to church. I... <laughs> I was the white guy in the group. Crazy ass white people. <laughs> Some white people shit. And well, as well, was raised to be spiritual and not really believed in organized religion. After it answered yes, I thought to myself, I need to ask something that only I would know in the group. If this is you, Grandma, what is your nickname? The cursor began to move once again. First, the letter M then over to the letter A, finally moving and stopping over the letter C. Mac, my grandma's nickname. Holy shit. Hey, grandma. I remember saying it out loud as this was evidence that she was here with us. My friends were really starting to freak out, but I was calm and feeling good about what was happening, but what happened next pushed my friends over that freak out edge. The friend we were... At parents were wealthy so like the, the house they were at mm -hmm. so the house was very nice the carpet in my <coughs> friend's room was super high quality thick soft shag i remember taking my pen a pencil from my friend's desk and able to get it to stand on the end of the carpet grandma if you're here can you please move this pencil well i shit you not that pencil then moved a few inches to the side and back up straight my friends then totally freaked. They ran out of the room, down the stairs, and into the garage. I remember one of them rubbing the crucifix on his necklace praying. I was still astonished that we contacted my grandma. I didn't feel anything negative and nothing like an attachment or evil happened after we used the board. Years later, around 2002, I was now living in England and a neighbor had a gypsy card reader over at her place. She came and asked... <coughs> me and my girlfriend at the time, and wanted our cards read. So we went next door and had them done. 
I remember the gypsy reading my cards and telling me that I have a guardian angel with me. <coughs> a family member that passed years ago. So I feel that my grandma's here. I know. She's, <coughs> she's dying over there. Casually watching over me. <coughs> While I wouldn't recommend casually playing with a Ouija board... Because that can lead to very bad things. But I guess luckily I had someone watching over me and my friends that day and wanted to let me know that she is here keeping a loving eye on me. Hope you enjoy this story and please do whatever refinements you need to. No refinements needed. No. Heck no. We no. don't do that shit here. Nope. Super cute. Um, Cash, you're trying to choke me as I'm reading your story. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, you kind of get what you put in it. Yes. Um, Aleister Crowley has a good saying about Ouija boards that they're kind of like a mirror. You, uh-huh. get, what it, you get whatever you, you reflect into it. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Where's the loop? There it is. She's being an intern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is from Spooky Charlotte. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> Hopefully, my voice stays up for this one. I host tonight at work, too. Voice is getting overhaul. So this, they say, this happened to me last year when I was a speaker at Con Carolinas, which is a local convention for a bunch of different fandoms. And they spoke on a few different paranormal panels. The topics were Haunted Charlotte, North Carolina, Ghost Hunting 101, a Ouija board workshop, and, quote, are Ouija boards, tarot cards, and pendulums evil? When talking about Ouija boards, I said out loud a few times that there is nothing inherently evil about Ouija boards, but you get out what you put in. Damn. It's like I just said that. That's crazy. (laughs) Which is what I believed based on the experience I had in the past with the boards. Well, the week after the event, vibes were off in the house. I can't explain it, but overall dreams were bizarre. Cats were in goblin mode, and everyone had a short fuse. Dude, our cats are always in goblin mode. Yeah, what the fuck is our excuse? Right? The final straw was that one night I was laying with my hand hanging off the bed. Rookie mistake, I know. But my wife was pregnant and my space on the bed was taken up by giant pillows. Built that. And I felt something touch the back of my hand. I instantly felt like it was something malicious. And I wasn't asleep, so I immediately pulled my hand back and started to rationalize what happened, thinking the cats must have walked by. But then both cats zoomed into the room and jumped on the bed. I was freaked out. The next day, we realized that the personal Ouija board that I had used for the presentation at Con Carolinas was in the bedroom with the planchette in the box. We instantly made the possible connection between the dark, heavy feeling we had in the house and the Ouija board. I took the planchette out of the box and put the board into the attic. We also smudged the rest of the house and ourselves. I got a dark evil spirit over here. Yeah, that's goblin mode right there. Yep. (laughs) The house instantly felt lighter. I know the events could be unrelated, but I like to consider it a learning lesson. 
I'll be speaking at Con Carolinas again this June, and one of my topics will be demonic phenomena, narratives, and experiences. And I will have to be a little more cautious with what I say. Yeah. Accurate. Yeah. Well, all right, guys. At this point, this has been the Ouija board episode for us, but I'm going to switch it over to my interview that I did with Amanda from Shook. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Ouija boards there. Yeah. So let's uh, let's play that right now. All right. So we have Amanda here from Shook, one half of Shook. <laughs> hey, y'all. <laughs> and she is going to give us some Ouija board stories and paranormal stories and other fun shit. So That's right. before we get into that, though. Why don't you tell our listeners about Shook? We've gushed about you guys on the show. <laughs> uh, yes, I appreciate You guys are that. awesome. So Aww, thank you. If they haven't Let's checked see. you guys out, hopefully this will introduce them to your all short show. So Awesome. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. We love you guys. So uh, Santa is the other half, my better half of Shook Podcast. She is the... Basically, basically, she is the most talented video editor of all time. So she is pretty much the reason why we have a YouTube channel because she she's all about getting up in there and editing the video. She's awesome. But um, she couldn't be here tonight, unfortunately. But we do have a story of hers on an episode from way back. I want to say it's episode two. And I will have that clipped out so we can add that in post. Um, but yeah, so Shook, we have been around officially since August 3rd, 2022. So we're coming up on one year and we're really excited. Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, but the road to get there, we started planning this podcast probably in December of 2021. So we've been at it for a minute, just trying to get our ducks in a row. Um, so you guys actually put forethought into this, unlike us, <laughs> where we're just like, eh, what we're doing is not working. Let's just slap the two concepts together. Yeah, we um, we were very thoughtful about it. But to be completely honest, you know, it's a learning curve for both of us because, you know, we're basically newbies to this. But we think we're, well, you know, on the right track. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to tell from watching your all's content. Aww, uh, you guys are crushing it. I will say that Appreciate it. we don't have a video format. This is like our first venture into like a video thing. So I'm excited about it, but well, you guys will get there and I see you have some pretty lighting in the back. Yes. I've seen uh, your set images on Instagram. Got some trees and there and yeah, it's a vibe. You should honestly consider incorporating video. I will say that because we do incorporate video, we are publishing bi-weekly because it's just... It's yeah, a it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people who go into podcasts blind, they don't realize how much no, they work it's going to be. They just think they, they can sit around a couple of mics with their friends and make dick and fart jokes, which is how we started out. You know, we were yeah. on another podcast way back in the day. Um, and that's all it was, was just us bullshitting on the microphones. And I was like, nobody's listening to this shit. <laughs> it's like nobody gives a shit what I think. So we uh we met with Sam and she was promoting her true crime podcast. So we're like, let's just slap the two concepts together and that's how that's how we ended up because this is our second anniversary this episode. Aww. 
Congratulations. So, thank it's you. like, what, episode 100 or something? Episode 100. Heck yeah. We take, we take Wait. about... Wait. Y'all didn't know each other forever? Sam and all... Uh, you and Christian didn't so know for forever? Christian worked with Sam at an old job, but I hadn't really known Sam like that. But she was doing a true crime podcast with one of her friends. So we tried to... You know, do this marketing thing where we were collabing with other podcasts to try to like branch out. And then we met with Sam and did an episode on Albert Fish on our OG comedy podcast. And that kind of basically started the whole thing. So Albert Fish is one of the most deranged people to have ever walked this earth, if you ask me. He did some fucked up shit. Funnily enough, we're actually going to cover him properly this summer for our summer of slaughter so little little plug for summer of slaughter we got a carl panzeram hh holmes albert fish we're doing ed gein um it's it's a lot of heavy hitters from the olden days so it's gonna be like old classic serial killers it's gonna be cool but what do you guys have planned coming up Oh, gosh. Um, We like to think that we have the rest of the year planned out. Um, Last year, we did what we called Shocktober. So since we're biweekly, we thought we would spice things up in October last year and do one every single week. Um, And that was a lot. And the end goal is to have weekly episodes at some point, but I don't think we're there yet Um, because Santa and I both work full time outside of this. So and you guys get it. Y'all oh, are in the same dude, boat. Y'all all, I was paying my brother to, to edit the audio. So that's kind of where we're at for that, you know? Yeah, well, I think that's great to have help. And um, definitely on the like the admin side of things, I'm so behind in putting in our spreadsheet, what we've already covered. I need to just, Oh God, Sam's going to love hearing that. She loves fucking spreadsheets. <laughs> I love them too. It's just, I need to sit down and make myself type out what we've already covered. So we don't accidentally double dip. Cause you've listened to like my favorite murder and some of the other podcasts where they're like, wait, do we cover this one already? And it's like, some uh... of them. <laughs> I listen more to like last podcast on the left. Um, morbid. Oh, I, I like too. pretty well when they're covering something I'm interested in. I'm not like an avid morbid listener, but I will listen to them. Cryptonaut podcast. I'm going to shout them out right now. They're great. Okay. If you like cryptid stuff. Cryptid night. Is that what it's uh, Cryptonaut. Like an astronaut, but I for cryptids. It's, it's, it's cool shit. Ah, yeah, they do. Cool. They do some deep cuts in there. So there's some stuff I'd never even heard of. Shoot. If you like cryptids, y'all listen to Moth Boys, right? I've listened to a few of their episodes. I like, I like what they're yeah. putting out. Yeah, they're I've, hilarious. I've talked to them a couple they just times. Did one, yeah, they just did one on Missing Time, and I loved that. It yeah, was great. that's a really and, um, freaky phenomenon. Yeah, it trips me out. And actually, this isn't related to the Ouija board thing, but while I'm thinking about it, I've had Missing Time, but I think really it was sleep deprivation. There was a night where I was driving home from work. I was a server a few years ago, and... um I was working late at night and was exhausted. I think I pulled a double or something and 
there was a certain route that I took home every single time. And I took the back roads because I was not trying to get on the interstate that late at night because people are crazy. And suddenly in the middle of my route home, I realized I was in an unfamiliar place. And I had no idea how I got where I was. I think I just micro-napped or something and could have died or maybe oh, I just shit. passed out. Like, I have ADHD and so does Santa, so that's another thing. And so do I. So <laughs> I feel your pain. One thing about us, we're neurodivergent. It's fine. But, like, I, I panicked because I was like, whoa, what street is this and how did I wind up here? And I don't know if I would call it missing time, but I definitely was. I've had that happen before. You have? Yeah. So my mom lives kind of like out in the country, like out in the sticks a little bit in South Carolina. And I was driving home one night from hanging out with some friends and I went to turn on a certain road and I was like, none of this looks familiar to me. It was like 30 seconds of where the fuck am I? Because this is not right. And then I just like, well, I guess I'll keep driving because nothing looked familiar because I drive off a site. So it's like, I, I focus on landmarks and shit. Yeah. So nothing looked familiar on this road and another 45 seconds by, I was like, Oh, okay. There's that. But I was like, something's just weird here. Like there should have been a barn right there. And there wasn't a fucking barn. It was like, like Mandela effect level shit. That's terrifying. I've read stories on Reddit about that. Um, I think it was on the glitch of glitch in the matrix subreddit or one of those. That shit's freaky, man. Where there's like birds and shit will get stuck in the air and their wings aren't flapping. It's just, they're just hanging in time itself. Right. Super weird. There's this one post I saw recently on TikTok where it looked like, um, I think it was TikTok, a black bird, but it looked like an eagle that was like crumpled up and it was just like sitting in the sky. Oh, what the fuck? I don't know. It was very strange. But on like the the landmark front you mentioned, there was this story I read on Reddit forever ago that was like, I'm freaking out because my whole town changed overnight or something along those lines. And this person's talking about how they go the same way to work every single day there's this landmark that landmark and what so and you know and so on and so forth and then one day everything's just different and people in the comments were like you need to get checked for carbon monoxide poisoning and i don't remember if it ended up being some something like that or a psychotic break or something but that freaked me out and if i can find the story i'll i'll link it to you i wonder if it's like a parallel bleed over So I know there's like some weird shit where with this parallel dimension CERN thing where when they fire off the Hedron Collider, it's ripping holes in like our space and time. So I wonder if it has anything to do with that because carbon monoxide poisoning sounds like the old swamp gas excuse for UFOs. Yeah. You know, it's like that doesn't that doesn't make fucking sense. There's not swamp gas in like L.A., when the Navy decided to go to war with a UFO, like that doesn't make sense. So there's swamp gas. That's the old like men in black excuse. Uh, swamp gas. Listen, I don't know anything about swamp gas, but I think we all know a thing or two about swamp ass. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot that. of it at that concert <laughs> I went to. There was a lot of it. Oh my God. Just people baking in the, the desert sun. 
One of my friends went to Coachella, and fuck that. Those those hippies, I, man. I can't. I can't I, deal with it. I can't imagine. Here's the thing. I love a good festival. Hangout Fest was one of my favorite times of all time. I loved Hangout Fest, but going all the way to Coachella, it sounds fun in theory. But when she came back, she was telling me about how she passed out from heat exhaustion and didn't have enough water to drink. And I'm just like, girl, no. Dude, they were giving out free water. Like, there were water stations all over the place, and there were still people, like, passing the fuck out. We, like, we watched a girl, like, slam her head on the concrete. Um, She was in the line for water. She was, like, had her hand out on the bottle of water and just went down. And this was, like, in the first hour and a half. I don't think people realize just how brutal the world is, like the outside elements. Oh, no, we're spoiled. The world will kill your ass if you're not careful. I would not make a good survivalist. I've seen those Naked and Afraid TV shows and the the other ones, and I'm just like, "Mm -mm, absolutely not. I'm addicted to creature comforts, man. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I need air conditioning and stat. Yeah, I'm going to get very (laughs) irritable and pissed off and not be happy. At all without yeah. AC and a good supply of bourbon. Like, yeah. if I don't have that, life's not going to be fun. <laughs> so, okay, so tell me about these Ouija board stories. All right, so have we got some. Ouija board? I have played with Ouija board. So I'll go ahead and tell my story with you guys. Um, so when I was 21, I was playing a lot of guitar and shit, and one of my favorite bands had a story come out about a Ouija board. Uh, the Mars Volta. So they're like, yeah, you know, we, we hit a bunch of the, the shit that this Ouija board said in our lyrics and their audio engineer went nuts and like threatened, like held the, the master tapes hostage basically. And then their studio flooded and the, the whole, the album almost never saw the light of day because they were fucking around with this Ouija board that they got. And, um, it's it's fucking wild, but I was like, wait a second, that's fucking brilliant using a Ouija board to like work on music and shit. So Mm-mm. I start, I bought a Ouija board and I was fucking around with it. But what's crazy is I never used it in my own house, right? So <clears throat> went over to a buddy's house and we used it, and I was fucking with him with it. I I was moving the planchette myself just to screw with him, just to see if how bad I could freak him out. And uh, I never hit the goodbye button. I never put it over goodbye. So I just left the Rookie fucking move. yep dumbass move because I was like, this thing's fucking stupid. I was like, yeah, whatever. I put it in my closet, and about a week goes by. There's just little weird things happening in the house. The dogs are barking at the corners of the rooms. Uh, there's one chair in particular. My mom's Shih Tzu is going fucking nuts over. And I didn't think anything. I was like, the dog is just fucking stupid. And then I come home from the bar one night and there's three sparrows pecking on the back glass to my parents' condo. And sparrows are a sign of death. So I was just like, okay, that's a little fucking weird. Cause we lived oceanfront. There's not sparrows on the ocean. Oh God. I did not know that sparrows were a sign of death. Yeah. Sparrows are like a sign of death. So they're like a harbinger of death type of thing. But I saw that and I was like, okay, that's real fucking weird. And then I started hearing like the doors creaking at night and shit. And I've never heard that in the house before. 
tapping on like the glass. And by that point I was like, okay, this shit's not adding up correctly. Like this is not explainable anymore. So I went and I threw the Ouija board away, but I threw the planchette in a different dumpster and that seemed to fix the problem right there. But I never used it in the house. I just kept it in the box. Yeah, I would not. So I think there was like an elemental or something that got through on it and it was just fucking around. But yeah, that's my Ouija board story. I haven't touched one since and won't. I have a whole bunch of Ouija board paraphernalia in the house, like just little trays and stuff that have the Ouija board stuff on them, but I don't have the actual thing. Ooh. Oh my gosh. That's so scary. Yeah. That, the sparrows. That's, the that's sparrow thing crazy. fucked me up. Cause I was like, okay, that's not cool. Cause it's like, that's crazy. I figured the next step was probably seeing shadow people or some shit. And I'm not trying to, Lord. I'm not trying to fuck around with that. Mm, yeah. No, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. I absolutely have been opposed to playing with Ouija boards, mostly because my mom warned me how evil they can be and slash R. <laughs> I think that's up for debate, but I personally am just too chicken shit to even try it. But I do have a couple of secondhand, secondhand accounts. Okay. I think Ouija boards are more of a tool than anything. I think like a few occult people uh, would probably make fun of me for saying this, but I see it more as a tool than a children's toy. It just happens. You can get it at any toy store. (laughs) Anyway, let's get into uh, your secondhand stories. Yes. So I have some secondhand accounts really just, mm, Okay, the first one, it's basically basically not even a story because I don't remember exactly why the Ouija board said what it did. But uh, back in college, one of my sorority sisters uh, told me a story that she played with a Ouija board in high school. And she was a skeptic, didn't think that it was going to do anything. And they kept asking... I can't remember exactly what they asked, but it kept saying no, no, no. And then they asked it something that I guess pissed it off. And then the Ouija board spelled out, you're a dead duck. Huh. Whatever that means. But I don't think anybody died. (laughs) No, no, we would, we would probably hear about it. Um, that's fucking, that's a very strange choice of words though. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't remember where they were, but I think I think and I don't quote me on this cuz I'm not positive, but I think she told me the Ouija board session was done over what used to be a burial ground of some sort. Well, that's a place not to fucking do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you're going to do it, that's probably not where you want to be. So don't know about that. Right. Okay. So that's my little one, but I will end with one that I think is awesome. And this is from a friend of mine. I'm going to keep them anonymous just in case they didn't want to be named. But okay. I asked them if they had any stories. And they say, oh, of course. 
Granted, a lot of them were just BS high schoolers fucking around and nothing really happened. But there was one time that something kind of freaky happened. So, one summer, my basketball team went to a tournament in Big Bear, and we had to stay in this cabin. I think it was either just like a random rental or one with coaches, families, or something like that. I don't know. But one day, we were looking through the stash of board games and found a Ouija board. The ones that were... The ones that were down to mess around with the spooky ghosts, a.k.a. me, started to mess around with it. It started off pretty benign. We connected to some guy who used to live in the area, and I think that he lived in that cabin or near it at some point. We asked him things like what his name was, which I don't remember, and if he had kids, things like that. Finally, we asked how he died, and it would only move to no every time we asked. Any question related to how he died, it either didn't move or went to no. One of my teammates started to get annoyed and basically started antagonizing him. Some of us were like, dude, don't do that. Be respectful. And she said something along the lines of, oh, well, what's he going to do? Then, here's the kicker, all the lights went out, like full power outage. Of course, my coach chalked it up to us being in the cabin in the woods, and so the power was iffy. And it did end up coming back on a few minutes later. We got really freaked out by the power going out, so we ended up just hitting hard stop on the board. But we didn't say goodbye. Uh-oh. We didn't yeah, say goodbye. Yeah, no, I know all about that. <laughs> yep. We didn't say goodbye or end the connection. So we ended up putting the board back into the closet that we found it in and went back to bed. We had a game early the next morning, and when we came back, all of the board games in the closet had spilled out into the floor, and the Ouija board was back on the table! Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Dude, and that they thing's say, just going left all o- like left and I- right all over the fucking place. I cannot. Okay, they continue. We were so freaked out, and no one admitted to doing anything to mess with us. Plus, no one was at the cabin while we were gone since we were all at the game. We ended up saying goodbye on the board, and thankfully, nothing else happened. But still, freaky. So that's the story, and I cannot believe that the board games and the Ouija board were all back out. That's crazy. That takes a lot of energy. To be able to do that. That's that's fucking nuts. Like, honestly, the fact that it was able to manifest enough power to move board games and just throw them all over the place and then put itself back on the table. That's not like normal spirit shit. That's mm-hmm. something else. I don't think you're actually talking to dead people. And the reason for that is Harry Houdini. So, Harry Houdini, baby. We yep. love Harry Houdini. Houdini <laughs> holds a say. Like, there's been a seance held every year. On Halloween, uh, for Harry Houdini, for him to come through, and he's never come through since his death. Because his whole thing was exposing spiritualists, which are the whole catalyst to why the Ouija board's a thing. Exactly. So, I don't think you're communicating with dead loved ones at all. Yeah, definitely not. If anybody knows a thing or two about Harry Houdini, it's Santa. She is a hardcore Houdini stan, and she's brought him up in at least 
four of her stories, I'd have to say. Like, she has a whole book about him somewhere. She's no got shit. all those books. Yeah, she... I don't think she's brought that up yet, though, about him being summoned to no avail. All right. Well, let's listen to Santa's Ouija board story uh, that she sent in because you guys have hyped this one up and I'm so excited to hear it. Holy. And didn't you tell me, didn't you tell me recently that you had a, you had played with a Ouija board one time? I have. Yeah. I've done, yeah. I've done Ouija boards a couple of times um, by myself. I was in the room with other people, but I was the only one with my hand on the planchette and the only one like at the board mm -hmm. doing anything. The first time I did it, there were two other people there. One person was sitting like completely across the room and then the other girl was sitting next to me on the bed, but just kind of observing like off to the side. And I had my hand, you know, with the planchette, you lightly place your fingertips on it. Like you don't push it, you don't push down on it. You just are barely touching it. Mm. And the first time I had like communications with someone who said they were a female, said that they had either lived, I don't remember if it was lived or worked on Fifth Street. And this was in Chattanooga, Fifth Street. And, but they did say something about working in either a shoe factory or a hose, hosiery factory, something of mm. that sort. And in that particular instance, I asked this person to tell me their name and I asked them three different times. The first time I asked her what her name was, the planchette went up to no, like where it says yes and no at the top, went up to no. And then the second time she spelled out no. And then the third time she spelled out no with an N and a zero instead of it the letter O. I don't like that. So she just like said no a million times. And I was like, okay, damn, I'll stop asking. And I guess I don't remember how I ended the communication with that one. But the next time I did a Ouija board was at my friend Gage's dorm and it was Halloween time and everyone around me was carving pumpkins. And once again, I was the only person playing with the Ouija board off in the corner. And <laughs> not weird at all. <laughs> yeah. And so in that instance, I was communicating with a spirit that did give me a name and they gave me the name Nola Ullman and the last name Ullman was spelled out as U-H-L-M-A-N and they mm. said that they had been a chemistry professor at UTC and I don't remember if they said that they died when they were 50 or they died in the 50s. Huh. But something about the 50s. Did you try looking them up? To yeah, see if they were real. Yeah, and so I got really excited when I got a name, and I went on the computer in the dorm and Googled UTC faculty like records and stuff, and I couldn't find anything that way. But even a basic Google search, like that name, is so random and it seems like it doesn't exist. And actually, I brought it up to Gage the other day. He looked it up and couldn't find anything. And I was That's like, crazy. I was like, well, will you try spelling the name a little different? Like U-L-M-A-N? Because maybe the H was like an accident or something. Yeah. And that didn't get any results either. And so Ooh. at the time when I wasn't able to find Nola Ullman in my basic Google searches, I was like, I feel that this spirit lied to me. And so I went back to the board and I asked if... They lied. I was like, did you lie? And they said yes. <gasps> it was and a demon. 
yeah, that's what I, that's what I gathered. And I was like, why did you lie? And then the planchette just went off the board. Like, didn't go down to goodbye, just, like, went diagonally off the board. And I was like, oh, my God. And I don't remember if I successfully did a goodbye or not. Oh, I hope you told a goodbye. I feel like I did, but I don't know. Because I was, like, freaked out when I found out that they lied. I was like, I mean, maybe it could have been a pranking spirit, but... I don't know. It freaked me out. And then after that, when I went home to the house that I lived in at the time, like I started having all these like weird electrical things going on, like in the kitchen, Mm -mm. the main like hanging overhead light things. There were these three light fixtures that hung in the middle and they would all just flicker randomly. And they used Mm -mm. to not do that. They never did that before until right after that. And they just flickered all the time. And usually it would happen when I was home alone. Like it didn't happen a lot in front of other people. No. Then I would also hear footsteps above my room, which to my knowledge, there wasn't like a, one of those pull down attic things up there. I mean, Uh there was obviously some kind of crawl space up there, but I would just hear footsteps like someone walking in boots. And then multiple times when I was in the shower, I would hear what sounded like somebody walking in boots going up the stairs because the bathroom where I took the shower was right at the top of the stairs. So I would hear the footsteps and think that it was my roommate. I always would think, oh, my roommate's home because I would be singing in the shower. Like I sang in the shower all the time. I still do. Singing in the shower. It's it's the Santa world tour every time I take a shower. Ah! Santa's karaoke world tour. And so I was doing that then too. And so I was always very hyper aware if someone came home because... I was embarrassed if someone were (laughs) to catch me singing in the shower. So every time I heard those footsteps, I was always like, oh God, Drew's here. (laughs) Stop singing. (laughs) Stop singing. It's embarrassing. And then I would stop singing and then I would get out of the shower and he's not home. Like multiple times. And I even asked him, I was like, there was one time that I asked him, I was like, did you come home while I was in the shower and then leave? No. So it's like he was never, he was never there when I was hearing that. So You may not have told a goodbye. You might want to do that right now. I don't feel that I have that anymore. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. And honestly, when I moved from that house, it was better from there as far as that type of stuff. That's good. But yeah, it was weird. And also, not only was it like electrical stuff going on in the footsteps, but then also like my roommate at the time, like just treat started treating me really weird like Mm. out of nowhere like he just didn't like me anymore all of a sudden and we had this like really good relationship before that strange and he just had this weird shift Hmm. in like how he treated me which he later apologized to me for years later he apologized but it, it was really bad vibes in that house maybe he was oppressed He was. I mean, I think that he was having his own issues, but I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but the vibes were very low, low vibrational. Hmm. Not a fan of those low vibes. Not a fan of the low vibes. Thank you so much uh, for joining us on our 100th episode. Yay. Congratulations. Thank you. 100. That's epic. Yeah. I'm very, very happy about it. 
and you know we picked a great topic to to do the hundredth episode on. So, Yay! Well, yeah. thanks for having me on, and um, Santa wishes you could be here, and yeah. we wish you all the best. And when we get to a hundred episodes, which that'll be one day, <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll do something big too. <laughs> and tell everybody where to find you at. Oh yes, thank you. Um, so our website is shookpodcast.com. Our Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter that I never update is all at Shook Podcast. I don't blame you. I don't update have, Twitter either. Yeah, Twitter. We it's all know what happened there. <laughs> it's a cesspool. Yeah, but mainly I hang out on um, Instagram and TikTok. Mostly Instagram. Um, that's where I think most of our listeners come from. I work in social media marketing for a living, so I... I'm kind of exhausted by social media, if I'm being honest, but I do love our community. And if I'm going to log on to any account, it's going to be the Shook account. I'm very rarely on my personal account. People come looking for me on there and I'm like, oh, sorry, because I literally just interact with my yeah. friends from the Shook accounts. <laughs> um, but having to manage all these accounts for work, it's just like, you know what? Facebook can go away for a minute. I don't really post on the Facebook. All right, Amanda. Well, thank you again for coming by and sharing your Ouija board stories and thank you Santa for sending that in to us uh, you're awesome now that's going to be the end of our Ouija board special guys but thank you again for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode um, Lucy and Salem are fighting right now but yeah make sure you're downloading the episodes you know the drill guys leave a review uh, subscribe to any accounts we have it really helps us out to download the episodes that's what we need right now so thank you guys thank you creeps for supporting us over these last two years it, you're fucking awesome you're the best fan base in the world to me anyway and to the everybody else here but yeah stay creepy and we will see you for summer of slaughter summer of slaughter is going to be nuts this year we got some heavy old school hitters like i was talking about earlier we got carl Panzram, uh hh holmes jane topan um albert fish ed gein there's a whole plethora of some twisted sick serial killers for you guys to enjoy this summer so until then stay creepy and stay spooky